This is a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here in the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Have you seen the movie Captain Phillips? Uh, it was released in 2013, 2013, as the kids say. Um, and it's based on an actual event, or series of events, uh, that took place in 2009. It stars Tom Hanks as the titular character. He's Captain Phillips. He's the captain of a container ship. Uh, what you know that that brings goods from one part of the world across the oceans to some other part of the world. And um, it, it, at the time that this story is set, uh, there was a problem with piracy, uh, especially when you're uh, you're at, at a certain along a certain coastline in Africa, you know, around around Somalia, which is uh, on the eastern side of uh, Africa. Um, um, the, the, the Horn? Uh, Cape Horn? Is that what it's called? Um, uh, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But uh, anyway... And it, I mean, Somalia was having some uh, some some troubles, desperate times, and desperate measures were called for. At least that's what some people believed, and uh, and they thought if they could uh, pirate these these freighter ships, these container ships as they came by, they could hold the crews and cargo as hostage to get uh, millions of dollars from the insurance companies that insure the 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 liner, you know, the the shipping company and all that stuff so they that that's that's what they figured they could do and uh the the story is is that um this this container ship doesn't really have any lethal ways uh of keeping pirates away from them um and they're not really allowed to do that what they can do is uh, they have hoses that can you know Capsize, you know, to, they, they can do stuff to, you know, to, to spray at the at the at the boats that they come out, the little skiffs that they come out in, and they can try to, you know, cause uh, wakes that would uh, uh, stall out the engines on these skiffs or sink them. They can do stuff like that, but they didn't have like deck guns or stuff to start shooting at them and that kind of thing. Um, and they know it's a problem in that part of the world, so they try to be as careful as they, as they can and get through there as quickly as possible, but sometimes they're not able to. And so this this is something that actually happened. Uh, I don't know how true to the depiction, or true to the events the film is, how it depicts it, you know, I'm not certain. Uh, but from what we see in the film, um, it's, it's a, I think it was four hijackers get on board or pirates get on board and they they attempt to take control. The crew, most of whom are in hiding, they they eventually begin. And I know I'm going to be spoiling this movie if you haven't seen it, but I'm sorry. Um, they eventually get control of the sh- of the of the of the ship, but uh, and they and they they come to a, a deal, an agreement with the the pirates to let them go, uh, to give them their lifeboat. Because on these these on these freighters they have these things these lifeboats which are these fairly sizable boat that's that's uh, that uh, you know it's pretty much all interior you know it's there's not much on the outside there's no hanging out on the inside outside it's all you get inside and button yourself in there and 
and so they 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 manage to grab hold of Captain Phillips as they're leaving, and they take him with them. And the U.S. Navy gets involved, uh, and other ships I think came about. And let's see, while they're uh, the lifeboat is surrounded. And they, they managed to talk out uh, the leader of this group, a fellow whose last name is Muse, I believe. And uh, he's played by uh, Barkad Abdi. I uh, hope I said the name right. Who was originally from Mogadishu, Mogadishu, which is in Somalia. His family had moved to Minneapolis, here in Minnesota. Minneapolis, hey, Minneapolis. Uh, and he was found in a casting. There's a, there's a sizable uh, Somali community in Minneapolis, you recall um, a couple few years ago there was a, a measles outbreak, uh, especially it's that that seemed to center in that area, because a lot of the the Somali immigrants had fallen for the idea that uh, vaccinations were bad, and they, they weren't getting them. So, but anyway, so from this community, um, they they recruited or auditioned actors from him, even though they weren't actors. And this guy, you know, wasn't an actor. He was a, he 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 worked as a DJ. He he worked as a as a chauffeur, a, or limousine driver. He worked as that. He worked as uh, in his uh, I think in his brother's um, cell phone store or something selling phones. So he wasn't he wasn't an actor. But they brought him in and and he did really well. He was, he he does really well in the film. And um, so he's the leader of this group of, of, of pirates. And he's uh, convinced by the, the, the Navy folks that, uh, that they've brought in some uh, of his clan's elders. And they're going to they're gonna negotiate freeing uh, Captain Phillips and, and letting these pirates go. Whatever they're negotiating with them, so he gives himself up or comes down to the ship, and he's actually been fooled because they don't have the elders there. So now Captain Phillips is in this lifeboat with three of the uh, pirates, and uh, you may recall um, the Navy just had their sharp sharpshooters at the ready, waiting for the the moment when all three pirates could be spotted through the windows, looking into the lifeboat. At all at once, so that in one volley, they could be taken out, and that's exactly what they did. And so Captain Phillips gets rescued. Now he's played by Tom Hanks. I mentioned that, and Tom Hanks is—he's—he's—he's you know, he's, he's a really good actor. Uh, early on in his career, I mean, way early on in his career, first noticed him in that—that that stupid '70s or early '80s sitcom, uh, *Bosom Buddies*. You know, it's just it just I don't I don't think it holds up today. But he was you know it's it's a couple of fellas that uh, sneak their way into living in a in a girl's a, a dormitory type thing by cross dressing, by by assuming, uh, adopting themselves you know assuming female roles, and they also played themselves as males outside the, the place. It's just you know something, and I Tom Hanks didn't you know there was something about him that's just. Eh. Not bother me, but as his career moved along, and as he grew in his in his in his career, got better and better at it. I started to see, wow, yeah, I really like this guy, and and I do, I like him in just about anything I see him in. I think he's really good. Uh, he's one of those guys. It's just really good. In fact, I, I'm reminded of something that I was taught by my mother. Uh, something she said years and years ago about acting. Uh, and and it, I don't think she knew that she was passing along this 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 wisdom to me when it came to acting. Uh, it was in 1977 or 1978. It had to do with the with the movie Star Wars. I mean Star Wars, you know Star Wars. May 25th, 1977 was released originally before the new before A New Hope was tagged onto it. Star Wars, that movie. It took a while for us to the the kids in our family to finally see the movie. It was out for uh, uh, I think it was into the fall before we actually saw it. I think or late summer, and it came out in May, as I said. So it took a little while to see it. And I think it and it took my mom a little bit longer to see it, and when she finally did, 
because it was a cultural phenomenon. It changed the movie industry very significantly. And and so she, you know, curious. She went to see it. It wasn't exactly her kind of movie. She's not into science fiction necessarily, and uh, and you know, she's just it just wasn't her kind of movie. But she figured I'll check it out and see what it's see what it's like. And so, this is my memory. Memory's not videotape. It's it's just just this memory that I've held since those times, and I think it's accurate that she, having seen it, she you know. She's talking to uh, to me about it at least. So I said, well, "What'd you think, Mom? What'd you think?" And she said, "Well, it, you know, it wasn't. It's not my kind of movie, but I was. It was fine. I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah, well, I guess." And I said, "Oh, okay." She says, "Well, but I'll say one thing. That Carrie Fisher, she she, you know, she played Princess Leia. That's you know, you could just tell she was acting." That's what I remember my mom saying. You could tell she was acting. And I don't know if I if I knew exactly what she meant at that moment. But I think I think I grasped it, but as I've as I've grown and watched movies, I understand what she's saying. There are there are actors out there who are really really good at their craft. That even though I've never lost the actor in the character, I've never lost them. I mean, I'm I'm aware when I'm watching Taxi Driver that that's Robert De Niro playing a character, but I believe the character. I be- it's just it comes from the actor so naturally that you believe the character. There isn't anything phony about it. Uh, you know when you when I watch uh, Laura Linney on Ozark, she's great on Ozark, and she's one of my favorite act- act- female actors. She's just really good. And she's one of my favorite actors, just period. But, you know, if we're going to split them up by gender or whatever, she's, you know, we can do that. But you can, you you can't tell she's acting. You know, I, I don't lose fat, sight of the fact that that's Laura Linney and she's acting, but I believe what's coming from her. I be, She inhabits the character. And she's played different kinds of characters. And, and just, you just believe them. You don't notice the acting. And that's what my mom taught me when she talked about Carrie Fisher as as Princess Leia. Now Carrie Fisher's fine. She's not one of the greatest actors that's ever been lived, and I'm sure she she would have admitted as such. But she's fine. She, she she's great as Princess Leia. She's great, and she's she was she had quite the personality herself that was pretty cool. But you know, you can tell she's acting, and I'm sure she got better as her career moved along and she did more acting. But at that point. And so that's stuck with me. But with Tom Hanks, maybe early on in his Bosom Buddies days and all that, you could tell he was acting. But as things moved along in his career, it just you just believe him. You, he inhabits the character. So you, you just, even though you know it's Tom Hanks, even though I know it's Tom Hanks, I don't lose him, but I believe him and whatever character he's playing. So, so he plays Captain Phillips, who was based on a real guy in this real event that took place. So as I said, he was rescued uh, by the Navy. He's brought on board. He's got, he got beat up pretty, pretty much, uh, pretty badly by the pirates. And he's, you know, and of course he's gone through this high stress, trying to keep his crew safe, trying to fend off the pirates. And, and then when he can't fend them off, trying to find a way to get, to regain con- uh, the control of the ship, or at least, you know, it just, just to survive. He's just trying to find a way and he's keeping it together. And even right through you know he's on he's on the lifeboat he he's thinking i'm going to be dead so he starts to write a letter to his wife just to say goodbye and uh, and and just things happen and all that and so when he's rescued he's brought aboard the the navy destroyer that came out to to deal with this and he's brought into the sick bay and medical staff start to attend to him and they wrap him up in a blanket and he's he seems like he's you know he's very grateful. He's thank you so much. You know he's he's doing that kind of stuff. But then he, he's left alone for a moment, and he completely collapses. I mean he just breaks down and he just starts crying. And it's absolutely as I said, Tom Hanks. It's just absolutely believable. This is probably the finest moment 
of his fine acting within that movie. It's just you just absolutely believe that this guy is fine. This relief that he has, he's let it go, and he's just he just starts to cry. I mean, he was in shock more than likely. He was he had been beaten up. He's just gone through this whole thing, and now he's just he's out of it. He's safe, and he can just breathe again, and he lets it all go, and just starts crying you know just as 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 hard as you would ever see anyone cry and it's just such an effective moment in there i'm sorry if i've spoiled it for you but it's such an such an effective moment within that movie um i think i'm going to take my first break i do have more to say obviously because this is my first break in the show so i'm going to take it a little early and I'll be uh, back in, uh, in two minutes, maybe, something like that. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I shall return after this break. Hey, this is Danny Potts from the Kentucky Ghost Chasers, and you're listening to Z-Talk Radio. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Listen to Z-Talk Radio on ztalkradio.com. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I lost myself for a moment there. Saturday, last Saturday, um, last Friday, uh, the Friday the the sixth, when I recorded uh, the last, uh, the most recent Dimland Radio show. Uh, well, this this is the most recent one now. But, you know, or depending on when you're listening to this. But, okay, so when I was recording show 474, this is 475. When I was doing that show on Friday night, record these on Friday nights, the world did not know who the, who the United States' next president was going to be. We had a pretty good idea, but we didn't know. The race hadn't been called by the networks yet. It hadn't been called by, by the news outlets. So we, we didn't know, but it was looking pretty good that Joe Biden would be the 46th president of the United States. Uh, so when I went to when I you know wrapped up the show, did my little unwinding for the day, and and went to bed. Got up the next morning. About nine o'clock, uh, I had to work at the comic book store on Saturday mornings, and I I, get, I wake up and I, I, I check online. I, I look at the um, the Associated Press election results map and I see that nothing's really changed. Still looks pretty much the same as it did the night before. 
Said, okay, well, all right. looks like there's a few more votes for Biden in Pennsylvania than there were before, but okay. And then I, you know, I get up and head off to work. And so I'm, I'm in the comic book store and putting away supplies, or supplies, comic books. And I got my Spotify playing, listening to music. So I'm not listening to the news, and I'm not really paying attention to anything. I'm just doing my stuff. And I hear some honking outside, car, horn, car horns going. And the th first thought I, th I had was, a wedding party? You remember those days? Because I don't know if that happens anymore. It's been a long, long time since it's happened, and it might be because of the pandemic, but it seems to me it's been a long time since I've heard you know, uh, a, a wedding party. They jump into their cars, and they take off. They, they go from the church to wherever the reception is, and, they, and as they go, they're honking and honking, and they got the Just Married sign on the back of the car, and, and they might have cans. I don't know if that got done for a long time, but, but there would be all this, this you know, excited honking and the uh, car horns and and that's so the first thing i'm thinking is it you know is it some wedding thing yeah. and it was it was close to 11 in the morning central time well i my curiosity got the better of me and i go to the door and i i open it up and and i look out the we still have boards over mo most of the windows of the store the higher up boards were taken down, but the lower ones, the the, the boards that were put up uh, in the uh, to to help protect the store against the the civil unrest that took place uh, in the days after uh, George Floyd was uh, murdered by some of Minneapolis uh, Minneapolis police, and uh, so I can't just look out the window. I got to open up the door. So I go, I do that, and I look out, and there's a group of people walking. Uh, down the street, you know, across the street from the store, and they're heading along, and they're waving at cars, and two of them, between them, are holding a big Biden-Harris campaign flag yeah, as they're walking along. And I and I, I looked at them, and I thought, well, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's coming, but uh, we don't know yet. You know, this is what I'm thinking to myself. You know, uh, maybe these guys are, they're just out to... To bolster the morale of the troops, you know, keep keep you know keep your chin up. You know, Biden's going to win. We 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 know he's going to win, and all that. And people were honking in response. And and we're in Minneapolis. And it tends to be a little more in an area of the neighborhood that tends to be a little more Democrat, which of course you know high population areas in this country tend to be more Democrat. What I talked about last week when you look at the map of the, elect, the election map when they show it by counties and the colors by counties or districts or whatever, however it's broken up and how they voted. Sure, it looks really red, but that, just, that represents a lot of land, not necessarily a lot of people. The blue little blue specks, lots of people. So anyway, that's what I think to myself. And I, I, I kind of nod to them and I go back to work. And at, uh, at 11.07, my wife... Uh, texted me. She she texted. They've called it. Joe Biden is president elect. And by they she meant the the, the news networks were calling it. CNN and and uh, the Associated Press had called it. And she's you know she was she was paying attention. She was finding it. I was just locked into work and I didn't even. And I, I just went ah. Oh. <laughs> You know, because I'm slow, right? I mean, there's that's why they were walking around carrying that flag and cheering, and people were honking their horns because the the announcement had just been made. I just didn't know it. It's just it's, I'm slow. It didn't even occur to me to think, hey, wait a minute, I should put on the news and see if uh, see what's being said. Nope. Went back to work. Wife texts me. The first thing I text back to her is woohoo. <laughs> you know, three O's in each syllable. And uh, then I said, well, no wonder why there was a couple people with the Biden-Harris flag. No wonder. <laughs> so, duh. And we chatted just a couple more little texts back and forth to each other. I asked her if uh, Fearless Leader, who we can now call Fearless Loser, uh, if he had conceded or if there's any word if he would concede. And she said, no, no. And, of course, as I sit here recording the show, he still has not conceded. I'll talk a little bit about that in a bit, but um, so 
I'm reminded of, uh, of the months and weeks leading up to the election on Facebook. Uh, one thing in particular. It, it happened at least twice, maybe more, where a Facebook friend of mine, I don't, somebody I don't know personally, but somebody would post on the news feed, they would post this question. Uh, when Joe Biden wins the election, what's the first thing you're going to do? And people would give their answers. And I, I gave my answer. I know I did this at least twice. And the answer I gave to the Facebook friends asking that question was this. I said, I will breathe a sigh of relief. So we're, I, I'm sitting, I was sitting there in the comic book store. Uh, my wife texts me, lets me know that uh, Joe Biden was president-elect. Uh, I, you know, respond, and then I indeed, I, right, as I sat there, you know, next to the comic book stacks, I, I sat there and I did. I, I breathed a sigh of relief. And then something happened that I did not expect. It surprised me. It was not something I considered would happen. I didn't expect it, and it happened, and it just, it surprised, like I said, it surprised me. As I sighed, I just kind of, and I looked down at the floor, and the next thing I knew, I was crying. It just, it just came out of me. Just, I was just overcome. I just started crying. I didn't cry for a long time. You know, I, I, there's still this certain conditioning that we, you know, of a certain age, are raised with. You know, men don't cry. You know, I kind of think there's still like, let's get it together, get it together. Well, I don't know why I was worried about it. I was the only one there. It's not like I'm going to embarrass myself or anything. And even if somebody was there, I shouldn't be embarrassed by it. But it just, I just, I kind of started to pull it together within a minute or so. And I was thinking, well, that's weird. And I told Amy, and then I started losing it again. And it's just, and I told her, I said, uh, I. I've got to I got to get up and walk around, and she's saying, "Oh, I understand and all that." So, um, I can't I I I have to I be I'll be honest with you. It was there might have been a little bit of tears of joy in there, uh, with a touch of juniper, but really most of it was just in that story I told you in the first segment, when they talked about Captain Phillips, as portrayed by Tom Hanks in the film when finally the pressure was off, when finally he was out of that situation and safe, he broke down. The strength, he didn't have to be strong anymore. Now, I'm, the stress that I was under as far as this, the, the election went and the last four years under President Trump and all that, nothing like what, you know, what the actual Captain Phillips was going through. Nothing, nothing like that. Nothing to that level. And I have to admit, a lot of that stress is put on me. And when it comes up to the election, I knew who I was going to vote for. You know, and it's just... It, but still, it was there. You know, as I talked about last week, the superpower that Fearless Loser has to be able to get into your mind, to be there every day, and just argh, grinding at you. And that's what it was. It was just that release from that. And I just... Ugh, you know, and it just came out. And so then I... Um, I did get up and I walked around, and I, uh, I, I, I went back to the door and went, stepped outside, and the 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 the, the group was a little bigger now. The, the the people with the flag, they're on a corner, and cars are driving by, honking, and everybody's shaking their, you know, waving and all that. It didn't get to be a big crowd like it did elsewhere in Minneapolis. I think there was another area that more people gathered. And I turned to my right, and almost, I mean, within safe distance, and we're outside, was the fellow who has the, the, the woodworking shop next door to the comic book store. His name's Tim. He's standing out there watching, the, watching what's going on. And so he and I start talking about the stuff, what happened, and, you know, I, you know it's just, we just, and I told him, and I, and I, I, was, I said, I, I, I feel weird, but I just, I just, I said, I just started crying. I said, I didn't expect that. And he says, well, man, you know, with all the pressure and stuff, he understood and all that. But it was, you know, I had met the guy before and talked to him before. So we weren't complete strangers to each other. But, and 
he was doing something. Uh, he was playing. He was also listening to music, and he had it might have been ELO, you know, electric like orchestras, greatest hits or something on. And he said, "Oh, ah, my music's kind of loud. Maybe I should close the door." And he said, "Oh no, I like ELO. They're they're fine." And and so we talked for a little bit, and then the song uh, that ELO, uh, one of the, one of my favorite ELO songs, Mr. Blue Sky, starts playing. I'll link to that song in the show notes so you can check it out. Mr. Blue Sky comes on, and I just looked at him. I said, "That is perfect for the moment, Mr. Blue Sky. It's such an optimistic, uh, upbeat song of you know coming out of." Of bad weather, the sun's out, or whatever. Just it's just so uplifting, and so I said, "I'm I I got to get back to work, so I'm going to put that on." And I put it on the Spotify, played it through twice, cranked it up. It was it was great, and then I shared it to my Facebook page, and I wrote, "Play it loud." Hashtag President Elect Joe Biden or something, and it just it just felt really good. Um, and my reaction. That took me by surprise. I guess it, that, it, that the same reaction came from uh, a contributor to CNN, uh, a, pol- a political commentator, a fellow named uh, Van Jones. Uh, he was on with Anderson Cooper, and Anderson Cooper asked him what he felt. Now, Van Jones is an African-American man who has kids, and he broke down crying. Now, the stress he was under is comes from a different perspective, a perspective I don't have. I'm I'm a white dude. I don't I don't have that perspective. I can try to be as empathetic as possible, but I'm just never gonna quite understand what it must have felt like for the last four years when the darkest of our nature, the darkest corners of our of our badness, of our behavior Got some sunlight on it. If there's if there's something that we can take from this these four years, is so we can say it's still a problem. We still got to root out this this racism and this darkness within people. It, it it got a chance to become, uh, you know, to come out and get some sunshine. Hey, we're still here. Jews shall not replace us. You know, we're still here. The Proud Boys and all this. You know, we're still here. And we're still a problem. And you know, and and I don't mean to be do you know blanketing all the people who voted for Trump or the racist types. No, I don't mean to be doing that. <coughs> Excuse me, throat got a little dry. <clears throat> but we, they just became so they felt emboldened, and we can just behave like ourselves in more in public instead of keeping it quiet and hide. So I, I watched that, and then, as far as the election goes, and the contesting of it, and and fearless loser refusing to concede, you know, it, we, you know, Biden's the president; he's going to be president. It's just going to happen, okay? Fearlessly, a fearless loser can pout all he want, all he wants, and he can do these these lawsuits, and they're just falling apart. I'll link to a little something where a guy, uh, he's a legal guy, uh, lawyer goes by legal eagle and he's on uh, on on youtube and he breaks down some of these lawsuits that are going on and and there's one where there's an exchange that goes like this this was from uh, pennsylvania um the trump campaign lawyers were alleging that uh, observers uh, uh uh republican observers weren't allowed in the in the room for the count uh, was the, what the lawsuit was about so um uh, a judge named uh, Judge Diamond. He asked this question: "Quote, are your observers in the counting room?" And Trump's campaign lawyer says, uh, "There is a non-zero number of people in the room." It's a weird lawyerly way of saying, "Yeah, there's somebody there." But okay. So the judge asks again, clarifying. He says. I'm asking you, as a member of the bar of this court, are people representing the Donald J. Trump for president, representing the plaintiffs, in that room? And the uh, the lawyer says, has to answer yes. And the judge says, I'm sorry, then what's your problem? And if you watch this piece by Legal Eagle, you'll, he'll, he'll explain why this is kind of a big deal when a judge says something like this. And that's the kind of 
lawsuit stuff that's going on. Stuff's just getting dismissed so quickly, and some it might have some merit, but you know, just because we do, we do want observers from both parties to be watching the count, but it just was uh, it was something. <laughs> um, so in, in so Van Jones has his breakdown. Then he talks about how his kids, you know, how this will affect them, and 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 he says something. He says it shows that character matters. And I thought, yeah, right. What happened to character matters? Remember in the '90s? Remember when Bill Clinton was running for president? It was character matters. What happened to that? What happened to a kinder, gentler nation? What happened to that? I'm asking this of my Republican friends. What happened to that? What happened to compassionate conservatism? What happened to that? It's this. It's now, you know, Trumpism, which is, you know, if it's not fascism, it sure looks like it. Sure looks something like it. And it's, it's, it's you know, I posted this. I stayed off of Facebook as much as I could, but there was some stuff that I put up, and I. Uh, after Biden was uh, uh, announced as president-elect, I did share a, co- a quote that somebody posted. Uh, if your candidate is losing n- right now, it's because you didn't put enough flags on your truck. Blame yourselves. I thought that was funny. Yes, it's snarky. And my friend that I have, that I've known for years, who is a Trump supporter, his, his comment was, and the smarm begins already. I did not respond to that comment, but a Facebook friend, another person I know, uh, not as well. He's one of the Minnesota skeptics. I think he's a pretty good guy. Pretty funny, too. Uh, His comment was perfect. Remember a few weeks ago, I talked about the picture of the two Trump supporters, uh, uh, I'm assuming a married couple, and they're wearing the same style shirt and with the slogan on it, Trump. 2016, it was from the 2016 campaign. Trump 2016, F your feelings. Remember that picture I talked about? Well, that's that's what uh, uh, my, my Minnesota skeptics friend posted as a response to that. Just, hey, giving you back a little bit of your medicine. Uh. Oh, <laughs> here's another thing. When President Obama became president. Uh, I was aware of something uh, about that. And I, um, which by the way, I'll just say this. I didn't vote for President Obama in 2008 when he first ran. I voted for John McCain. I like John McCain. I still like John McCain. I wish he was still alive today and in the Senate because we probably wouldn't have even had Trump running for president because McCain would have stood alongside of Mitt Romney to vote vote guilty uh, after the impeachment. He would have done that. And then, and John McCain had power as a senator, much more power than Mitt Romney. Now, if I've said this before, well, I'm just reiterating it. He would have had more power, and I think more senators would have come to their side. That Susan Collins up in Maine, she might have come to the side of, of, of uh, voting guilty. And I don't think, I think that would have happened if we had John McCain still alive and, and a senator. However, I at the time, I, I, I was softening on my conservative uh, ways, but I was still, you know, a little worried about Sarah Palin, sure, but, you know, Sarah Palin was a heartbeat away, and Obama was just an election away, <laughs> you know, from being a president. And I just didn't think he had the experience. But over the next four years, I was impressed by Obama. I mean, I thought he was smart and, and had charisma, and I thought, you know, he certainly seemed to have potential, but he'd only been a senator for two years. I didn't think he had the experience. But after his first term, you know, I voted for him in 2012. You know, if I told that story already, I'm telling it again. That's what happened. But anyway, what I was going to bring up about Obama is that um, I noticed something back in, in those days. Once he became president, and I let my, young, uh, let my older brother Bob know about this, um, I, said, uh, I, I pointed out to him, says, you realize that you are older than the president? So my older brother is older than, than Barack Obama by about a month. Uh, I, I think uh, my older brother's birthday is June, uh, July 10th. 
astrologers put your charts away. And I think Obama's birthday is August eighth, something like that. I didn't even, I didn't haven't looked it up, but I think that's what it is. And so I just I I like so how's it feel to be older than the president? So uh, the night that uh, uh, Joe Biden was giving his acceptance speech and Kamala Harris gave her acceptance speech and then introduced Joe. Uh, that and it, we're watching that and feel pretty good about it. I, I looked at her and I and I at, at Kamala, and I and I, I looked at Amy and I said, I, uh, am I older than her? <laughs> and so I looked it up, and <laughs> she's older than me. Ha! The vice president elect is older than me, so I'm not that much of an old fart yet. Not really, although she's only older than me by about 25 days. <laughs> so I'm getting there. Oh, and by the way, uh, just to just to say this, uh, when this show airs, I mean the date for this show, which would be 11-14, uh, yeah, that's my birthday. I'll be 56. <laughs> Astrologers, again, put your charts away. Okay, I blathered enough there. I'm going to head for my next break. Uh, have I got the right break set up? Yes, I do. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I'll be back in, uh, in a shake. Listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am living on Channel Z. Hey everyone, this is Professor Dave. I want to teach you about all kinds of things regarding science. I want to tell you about physics. I want to tell you about chemistry, biology, astronomy, math, and many, many more things. Come check me out on YouTube. The channel is called Professor Dave Explains. Take it easy. He knows a lot about the science stuff, Professor Dave explains. Lord, honey, can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey, man, you think I can get a reading? Uh, Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Dr. Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons, only on Z Talk Radio. Z Talk Radio is committed to bringing you the best radio possible. We will test your senses with innovative and entertaining radio programming. Honest, informative, inspirational, and on occasion, controversial. Our listening audience will also have the opportunity to interact with the show hosts and guests through live chat and call-in capabilities. You can't be left out of the loop. Tune into all our live shows once and you'll never turn your computer off again. Z Talk Radio on your computer dial. Your healthy addiction. Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. <clears throat> hey, as long as I'm talking about movies, which I was at the top of the show, why not talk about another one? Again, this is another movie that I'm going to put some spoilers in here, so hey. But this movie is, what, 47 years old? It's from 1973. Did I do the math correct? Uh, it's so, come on. I'm gonna spoil it. Uh, at least, maybe not. Well, let's just see what I do. Uh, last week I told you about uh, um, we went down to Mankato the week prior uh, on uh, Halloween weekend. We went down there to visit the uh, Minnesota State University, Mankato. 
and uh, because our, our son Hayden, Amy's and mine, our, our son Hayden uh, is wants to go to that school, you know, for college, study film and photography, and um, he's, <clears throat> you know, and he's been accepted, which is cool. It's one of the cool things from that, that show uh, that I talked about, and uh, and. When we got to the hotel, it had uh, it had cable. <laughs> you know, I, I I don't know. Do we call it cable these days? But it's it's cable. You know, it's a bunch of channels that you can click through. You know, 450 channels with nothing on, but commercials. Oh my goodness! You know, we got there. You know, you turn on the TV, and you start to okay. Well, I don't know. I don't have a a, a program directory at hand and I don't know if there's a channel there used to be when back in the days when we did have cable there used to be a channel you could flip to that would tell you what's on all the other channels but I couldn't find that so I'm just clicking click you know commercial 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 every time you click it's in a commercial break commercial break commercial break commercial break doesn't matter what channel it was the the, the Discovery Channel, the Learning Channel, ESPN, you know, whatever, you know, just commercial, 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 commercial. Oh, <laughs> it was infuriating. Uh, but I guess that's one way to stop people from flipping because I, I mentioned it on Facebook and, and somebody, a Facebook friend says, yeah, they, they schedule the commercials all at the same time. All the shows have their commercial breaks all at the same time, so there's no flipping. You flip, you're you're not going to run into another show. You're going to run into commercials unless you get to the you know the Turner Classic Movies channel, which they don't have commercials. They play the full movies, right? No breaks. Uh, so you know, so we didn't watch a lot of television because well, <laughs> everything was a commercial. Didn't know what was playing. But in the evening, there was a there was a movie on the Turner Turner Classic Movies channel, and it starred uh, Christopher Lee. And it was written um, by Richard Matheson, who wrote for the Twilight Zone, who um, who wrote the movie one of my favorite haunted house movies, uh, Legend of Hell House. Um, he wrote the novel that was based on, and I think he adapted the screenplay or did something with it. I I think. Uh, anyway, and this is uh, you know dealing with um, you know Satanists and Satan and stuff, and Christopher Lee is playing not the bad guy; he's playing the the good guy. He's the guy that believes in the Satan stuff, while everybody else is uh, you know skeptical. And it's kind of an odd movie, but the next one up was The Wicker Man, and that's the one I want to talk about. <laughs> um. Now, I'd seen The Wicker Man before. Now, this also stars Christopher Lee, and from what I've heard, Christopher Lee would say that that was his, his favorite film that he worked in, or that his favorite character he played, or something like that, in his long career. I guess not Dracula? Really? Dracula isn't your favorite? No. He did such a good job as Dracula. Scaramanga? Scaramanga from uh, uh, the, the Man with the Golden Gun, the, the James Bond film? Ooh, that's one of my favorite James Bond films. It's problematic, but it, it's you know it's its treatment of women is ugh, horrendous. But the movie I, I still like it. You know, just you just remember that that's the that was the state of the art at the time. You know, that was just this is it wasn't it shouldn't have been acceptable, but this is what was there at the time. So this is remember our history and let's not forget this. Let's let's look at it and give it the eyebrow raise. Say, mm-hmm. But. You know, anyway. So in The Wicker Man, uh, there's a, the actor Edward Woodward, known as uh, television's e The Equalizer. Uh, he comes in, he's playing a, a, a police officer. This takes place uh, on an island in the UK. It's a little isolated community on this island. I talked about Midsommar a few shows ago, and that was an isolated uh, community in, in, in Sweden. Well, here we have in the UK, we have an isolated community. The two movies are very similar. I think uh, whoever uh, did made the movie Midsommar took some influence from The Wicker, the Wicker Man. 
So here, it, okay, so the, Edward Woodward is playing this, this police officer who's investigating uh, a report of a girl who's gone missing. And, but it seems like, you know, the village is, everybody he talks to in the village is saying, well, she's not, no, she won't, we don't know who you're talking about. But he's convinced that she did exist, and they're saying, there's no girl who, like, well, who are you talking about? He's convinced. He even talks to the girl's mother, and she's like, I don't know what you, what you, what's your deal, huh? And it's very odd on this island. Everybody's a little odd. And they have these odd rituals. They had, uh, there's this one sequence where there's a bunch of, uh, uh, of uh, teenagers, I think, maybe a little older, uh, females, all naked, and they're dancing in a circle. And they're off in the distance, so you don't really get to see the good stuff. But, you know, and they're dancing, they're jumping over a fire or something, and he's looking at this like, what in the world? And he's realizing that this island is filled with pagans. They're pagans. What's wrong with you? Pagans, you heathens! Now this guy, oh, he's real Christian. He's very, he's very devout. He's very Christian, and he's just arrogant about it. And he's so certain about it. And he's, you know, he's so self-righteous and how, you know, he's pompous and pious, and he's and he's and he's 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 he's, he's so disgusted by all these pagans and then Christopher Lee shows up he's the leader of this community of people his his gr father or grandfather had created this kind of fruit he made, he made this sort of you know I don't know genetically modified some fruit using hybrid stuff that would grow on this island only and and that's how they made earned their living because they could sell this but they had a bad crop the year before and so well they decided that, you know well they had this pagan life lifestyle they believed in all sorts of different gods the green man i don't know if that's a god but you know they had all it's all nature stuff and they, they had all these 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 uh which would the christians would look at as satanic rituals but, but they're not and they're just they're 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 pagans there's nothing satanic about it. And so Christopher, you, you know, it, it was either his father or his grandfather who had, who got the people on this island to adopt this 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 religion. And, and then they just carried it out. And what their plot was, was to get this, to get just the right sort. A pious religious fellow, law enforcement guy, stranger from the outside, and a virgin. I mean, they're... To have all that and that guy show up and say, hey, this is the guy, because they needed to make a sacrifice to get the crops to, to grow again. And uh, the wicker man was this giant, uh, you know, humanoid-shaped sculpture of wood filled with animals and geese and goats and stuff. And Edward Woodward, his character, gets thrown in there, too. And when he realizes he's been had, he just starts yelling, "Oh Jesus Christ! Oh Jesus Christ!" You know, it's all this. You know, he's so he's so religious. But I just I enjoyed watching him just being so. Oh, you guys just believing in this pagan nonsense. I believe in the true God. <laughs> and I thought, you know, it'd be kind of nice to be sitting at the bar next to these two as they're going on about the paganism thing and the christian thing and he's giving them all the uh, giving them all the shit about the whatever and and it's just you know and he turns to me can you believe these people are pagans oh, this 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 isn't a religion or whatever <laughs> this is horrible it's they're heathens and they're terrible people right and he'd look at me and i'd say hey man i'm an atheist i think you're both nuts <laughs> i mean really Seriously, it's an interesting movie. <laughs> uh, you maybe you know, check it out. <sighs> oh Jesus Christ! Oh Jesus Christ! Well, uh, before I get out of here, I got to do this. I'll make it relatively quick. I'm not saying I'm the greatest language guy. Not that much of a grammar Nazi. Maybe-ish. But not, you know. And I know, language is fluid. It changes. It's how people use words. It's It just changes and it grows. And so pretty soon we can just say anything we want and say it means this. It's spelled luxury yatched, but it's pronounced throat wobbler mangrove. Right? We can start doing that now, right? 
because language is fluid and it changes and blah. <clears throat> but I hate advertising. And I've got some examples of why I hate advertising. Because every now and then they started a trend which just really gets me. And the latest trend I've been noticing, see if you can get it with these uh, with these little uh, taglines I'm going to throw at you here. If these are from recent ads, I don't know what products they were or services they were necessarily. I'm not going to say. I'm just going to read the taglines. <clears throat> A new way to breakfast. No matter how you family. Brain better. Help you health. First, we taco. And the most recent one, change the way you pizza. Advertising world, breakfast, family, brain, health, taco, and pizza are nouns. Stop turning our nouns into verbs. Oh, it's enough to make somebody want to go. <laughs> and before I get out of here, am I done screaming yet? Before I get out of here, I do have one cool thing. My wife, Amy, uh, after 17 years of being a stay-at-home mom, has decided that she'd try her hand at... Uh, working in the working working world again and she did she got a job i mean she got it like that she used indeed to get it she just she applied online uh uh, it, uh it's a the job was uh working at a distribution center for a major retailer chain a national chain i'm not gonna say which one but working in a, a distribution center and next day she had the job. <laughs> just like yeah you got your job offer orientation starts uh, on, on November 12th and your first day, you know, when she finds out that her first day was today, as I record this, November 13th, and, you know, she'll be working four days a week, 10-hour shifts, at night. She's going to be working late into the night, so we're going to do some juggling kind of thing here. If this, you know, this might be just a temp thing, but the, 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 the way they make it sound, it might be go to permanent if she wants to do that, and... Hopefully she does, and it'll be nice. It'll be nice to have another income coming in, and I might be able to give up the night job that I have. I might be able to stop doing that. I'll still work at the comic book store, but uh, I might be able to give up that. And here's the other thing. Starting, starting, I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is, but her pay starting this job is more than $7 more than what I make at the job I've been working at for too goddamn long. <laughs> but that's cool it's cool i'm i'm yes i'm down i have no problem with my wife making more money than me i don't care i think it's great good night doctor good night frau blucher well it's the end of another show maybe by next week we'll know that uh, fearless loser has finally uh conceded um, be skeptical. Extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Uh, uh, wash your hands, wear a mask, be safe, and sleep with the lights off. This is Dimland Radio. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. We'll see you next week. check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission.
This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Bonjour, Monsieur Dim. You are too clever for us naughty people. Well, well I'm going to hell. hell.